Welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast, a podcast designed for you with insights from fellow members as well as NFP and Partners Financial experts. Hi, welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Kristen Bulat, and today I'm joined by Bob Peckham, AVP of our business development team and John Freiberger of Partners Wealth Management. Thank you both for joining me today. Bob, how are things going in your world? Things are going well. It's busy as always as we're uh, coming off of Memorial Day weekend. So it's nice. It's, It's nice and busy around here. And Bob, would you like to talk a little bit about John and his practice and why we're so excited to have John join us today and share his expertise? Yes, absolutely. So we asked John to uh, join us on the podcast today. John is uh, the managing principal of Partners Wealth Management, a firm that I cover out of sh- just outside of Chicago. Uh, he's been with Partners for over 20 years. And John really uh, kind of embodies what a Partners financial member firm uh, is. He has connected with a lot of our newer members that are looking to join the membership. Um, John operates a firm that is not only life insurance focused, but also has a large wealth management practice. And that's kind of what we're going to go over today is how John incorporates life insurance, large life insurance sales to his high net worth clients when he's also putting together a full financial plan. So we're excited to have John join us today. And uh, with that, I will uh, we'll get started. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today, John. When you have a new um, engagement come into your office, whether they're an individual, a couple, or a business owner, can you just talk a little bit about the initial process you go through with that individual? Uh, yes. Uh, so on the front end, uh, clients typically coming to us through another happy client or through an advisor that finds value in the in the work that we do. And we're going to have a phone conversation initially to qualify them, see if we think it might be a good fit. Then we're going to send out a welcome kit for them to pull their information together. And typically, they're qualified enough that even though we haven't met face-to-face yet, they're sharing everything that we're looking for for the most part, from tax returns to investments, insurance, uh, legal documents, whatever the case may be. They're getting that information to us. We're uploading it or they're uh, put uploading it into our virtual vault, and then we're ready to have them in. We start building out a plan before there's even been a commitment from them. So when they walk in, in most cases now we're back to having clients here live. They walk into our conference room, their name's up in lights with a wealth net worth statement, and we're digging right in and they're very excited. And at the end of that first meeting, that's when the engagement is determined. In almost every case, it it is. And then we move forward with getting them organized cash flow, looking at their portfolio and discussing risk management or risk management issues, whether that be life insurance, disability, long-term care, et cetera. The risk management portion of that is pretty interesting. When you talk about your different clients, whether they're an individual, a couple, or uh, business owners, can you talk more about sort of the risk management? How do you help them identify the risk, mitigate, and prepare for it? It's all about education. There's not really any selling that needs to be done because as we're going through the planning process, we're looking at those what ifs. What happens if you die? What happens if you become disabled? What happens 
if you need long-term care, what happens if you live too, too long. And by doing that, they can see it through the cash flow. I don't need to make a lot of noise about it. And let's just take life insurance, for example. It could be for an individual situation or for a business situation. And on the, on the individual side, it might be for liquidity or supplemental income, state planning, or, or wealth transfer. So we can go a lot of different directions. When you're talking to a client about life insurance and the different ways that it fits in, you help them. I'm sure you talk about the life insurance differently based on the type of risk you're helping them mitigate. Then when you go to transfer that conversation to the client's advisors, their other advisors, how do you help the other advisors see the way in which life insurance can be used to really complement the other planning you're doing? Yeah, it's really going to depend upon what we're trying to accomplish. So if we break that down, let's just talk about liquidity. It might be a young couple that has uh, cash flow concerns where we're just looking at pure term life insurance. And I don't want the cash flow to be an issue. I just want to get the right amount of coverage in place. And obviously, I'm going to place it with an insurance carrier where we have good conversion options you know, down the road. And that's my expectation that we'll do that when it's, when it's appropriate. So that's typically an easy conversation to have with another you know, advisor that we're, we're working with. Now, on the other hand, if it's permanent insurance and we're talking about putting significant dollars away, then I'm going to need to do more educating to that estate planning attorney or to the CPA. But how we do that is with the client's approval, we're sharing the comprehensive plan with that other advisor. And so we're really trying to make them a part of the team. They're integral to the entire process. And by doing that, it runs pretty smoothly and we don't get a lot of pushback versus if we were selling the advisor on the life insurance itself. I guess it really doesn't make a difference if we're looking at just pure liquidity or supplemental income or estate planning or wealth transfer. The process and how we go about it is the same. Can you talk a little bit more about that process, the ways in which you go about it? And if then I think also if the conversation is a little bit different based on the use for the life insurance itself, whether it's liquidity, wealth replacement, estate planning, or just supplemental income. Yeah, so to dig in a little bit deeper on that, you know, as I had mentioned that we're sharing the plan with the other advisor. We're trying to pull them into the, the process so that they take some ownership. And in the process of walking them through that, we're not just looking at the numbers, but the client's goals, like what it is that they're all about. And normally for those other advisors, they're a little surprised about how well we know that client. It quite frankly catches them a little off guard and they're like, wow, you know these folks. And it puts us in a good position to be the, the authority and be the facilitator to move the process along. If you were talking to um, a new partners member firm or maybe an established partners member firm that has a very robust wealth management practice that sees you really 
you and Partners Wealth Management doing a lot of life insurance business as well, if they were to approach you and say, hey, I'd like to sell some more life insurance too, do you, what would your sort of top few ideas be or ways that they can really expand their business to, to add additional life insurance sales and complement the wealth management? I'd step back at first to try to understand that the fellow advisor, where they are in their own life insurance practice and what level of sophistication they have. For some new advisors who have been in the investment world, uh, they're petrified of life insurance and and uh, are very uncomfortable uh, talking about about it. So it might be starting off at 101 of you know, creditor protection, tax deferred growth, tax free distributions, uh, using it as a personal bank account rather than having to go to a bank to get money, uh, or maybe some guarantees in the contract that you can't get through any other investment. For other advisors, they may understand it well, but don't know how to implement it in their wealth management practice. So then the conversation would be about asset classes and why wouldn't you want those benefits I just mentioned on top of the regular portfolio? And of course, the answer is, well, why wouldn't you, assuming that you could get the coverage and it was was affordable? And then, then I would move into, well, here is some precise examples of how that might work, for example. If it's fixed income, obviously not a very exciting asset class these days, but still very appropriate for many clients in order to bring down the volatility of their of their portfolio to discuss with them, illustrate for them how an IUL contract could be an alternative to part of their fixed income portfolio. In a scenario like that, it's not about coming up with 25 grand or 50 grand or 100 grand a year from their income in order to fund that insurance policy. It's we're taking it from one pot, their fixed income, their non qualified dollars, and moving it into an IUL contract. And even with the most conservative assumptions, it's hard to imagine, especially since we can pull dollars out on a tax free basis, that we can't outperform fixed income, at least where it is today. Another scenario could be variable universal life, where we're just saying you've, you've got this equity portfolio. How would you like these additional benefits, and why don't we create a different tax bucket with all these additional benefits, on top of the fact that wouldn't it be nice to have some life insurance? Right. And, John, that's a good segue into um, choosing which product to recommend to different clients. And, and how do you talk about... IUL as an alternative to, say, fixed income versus a VUL as an alternative to equities? How do you recommend whether it's going to be an IUL or VUL as a cash play? Well, that's where I have some block and breaking through to that, that wealth manager of, hey, advisor, this is really not any different than you creating a portfolio, a recommended portfolio, and moving forward with it uh, for a client. Uh, whether that be inside a qualified plan or or non-qualified, we're doing the same thing, just using life insurance as another alternative. So there are clients, given that I've been in the business as long as I have, 
that have a full portfolio of life insurance that includes whole life, universal life, IUL, BUL, and survivorship insurance, and maybe term insurance, depending upon where they are in their life, what it is they're trying to accomplish, both in the way of uh, liquidity or transferring of wealth, or purely just from a general portfolio perspective. Yeah, that was going to lead me to my next question is, do you, do you often recommend IUL and VUL to a cash accumulation type prospect? Yeah, it's going to depend on the, uh, on the client, uh, but many of our clients have both IUL and VUL. We, we started this portion of our conversation by you know, asking you sort of what advice you would give to new producers who were looking to add life insurance to their practice. But it strikes me that the conversation that you just sort of hypothetically had with this producer that, that we invented would be very actually similar to the conversation you'd have with clients as, as you're introducing the concept of life insurance as a, as a real sort of um, asset class in addition to their portfolio. Am I correct in that, that conclusion? Uh, yes. And, you know, we're very fortunate as advisors to be a part of Partners Financial and NFP. We have resources that very few other advisors have. So whether an advisor has almost no experience with life insurance, we can lean on the team in, in Austin or pick up the phone and find an advisor that has a particular expertise in life insurance and do some joint work. And my experience through the years is we do this joint work and the advisor will say after the fact, that was easy. You, you, didn't, you didn't even have to sell it. Like, well, of course we didn't have to sell it. We were educating the client. We're taking them through comprehensive planning. We're a fiduciary. They wrote a check. They have skin in the game. They, they want the goods. They want the deliverable. And part of that is discussing risk management, and a piece of that is life insurance. So it's just a part of the process. So the placement of the insurance is not about selling. It's purely about educating. It's their plan. We're looking at the what ifs, and this is one of the what ifs, and we're going to get it get it covered. I love that idea that that it's not about selling, it's about educating a client and that the life insurance really makes sense as part of their comprehensive plan that you've built. So yeah, I think I think for some advisors who have a respectable wealth management business, when they're in that role, they're not typically selling. They're just educating because that's what they do. And for some reason, they feel a need when it comes to life insurance that, oh, now I got to put on my sales hat, which probably doesn't particularly go over well with a client. Like all of a sudden, you're a different person versus this is what I do, wealth management, and life insurance is potentially a, a piece of that, or at least we want to educate clients so they can make an intelligent decision. That seems like a really great piece of advice for a producer who's looking to increase their life insurance sales within their wealth management business, that it's not about a sale, it's just about part of the overall plan and education. Correct. Yeah. You know, another way to go is for an advisor who's uncomfortable is for them not to be the life insurance expert at all. 
it's just the opposite. See, that, that's not an area of expertise that I have as an advisor. However, I do have a fellow advisor who does have this expertise, and they can keep themselves distant from it and just focus on the assets under management at the same time provide the value that their clients need and obviously get compensated uh, for bringing in that a, a, a different advisor. Yeah, that's a great suggestion too. And then you really have a much broader expertise and leverage the, the power of Partners Financial as being a member of this organization. You are correct. <laughs> so are there any last ideas that you'd like to leave our audience with? Just that life insurance is a unique asset that does things that no other investment can do. For the benefits I mentioned uh, before, or to take care of loved ones or something else that's really important to them, like a business or their family foundation. And it therefore, it's more emotional and I mean that in a good way, uh, than just pure assets under management. So it, I think it takes us to another level versus the competition by having to be integral to assets under management and planning in general. And after you've done that comprehensive financial plan and review and gotten to know your clients, it's probably easy to identify that the thing that they want to solve or the place where life insurance can really fulfill that need that they have. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's not a one-time placement, just like their portfolio that we're reviewing on a quarterly basis or at least offering to review and their plan on typically on a semi-annual basis. We're going to continue to review their life insurance and, for example, it could be term insurance that now we're going to look at, start converting it, it over. Or we put insurance on mom and dad, and now we're looking at multi-generational planning, which we do quite a bit of, where we're putting it on the children and then on the grandchildren, and it's bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. Bob? Are we wrapping up here? Sorry, I'm going to go off. Well, yep, we can. We can wrap up here. Um, did you have something else you wanted to add, Bob? No, I think that's that is it. All right, how Any, about you? John? Anything, anything that we want to redo, or but I misspoke or didn't hit something that you wanted me to hit on? No, as far as I'm concerned, I think it was great. I really liked the conversation that you had about the way life insurance is naturally falls into the overall planning you're doing. And it's not, it's not a downshift or a change of gears. It's just a natural segue. And so I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I thought it was wonderful. And I liked the idea that you brought in about working with somebody else. So I think we're good. Um, I'll probably just do a little wrap up thing unless either one of you had something else you wanted to add. Woo, did you hear that? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So, I had to go so on I, mute because there's thunder like shaking our building. <laughs> so when when you or whoever is tearing this apart and putting it back together, if there is anything that needs to be redone, I would not be offended at all. So if we need to jump back on and and redo a piece of it, I'm okay. all good with that. All right, thank you. Let me just do my little outro and then I think we'll be all set. Yep.
John, thank you so much for that wonderful advice. I really think that it's going to be valuable to our other firms. Your the notion that you had that when you have a financial plan and it's comprehensive, life insurance is just a a, a natural fit to that plan and a real nice complement, and not an additional sale or something that you have to shoehorn in. That it just flows in naturally and. You know, I'm I'm sure that anybody listening, if they have any questions or they want to sort of leverage your life insurance expertise, you'd be happy to partner up with them. Of course. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your expertise and knowledge. And Bob, thank you for joining us and, and bringing John to the podcast. It was a wonderful um, opportunity to hear from him. Absolutely. Thank you again, John. And thank you. Thank you.